Bless This House, Chapter 15. Liz had gone all out for Easter. I don't think I'd ever seen so many decorations, and I come from the buckle of the Bible Belt, where Easter's a real big deal. Everything was pastel. There were bunny dishes filled with candies of every color and flavor. The debris house had a ton of cubby holes, and it seemed like every one of them had an Easter decoration. It looked like she'd pulled out all the family photos from years gone by. Each photo featured the four of them decked out in brand spanking new Easter clothes. The earlier pictures featured Liza and Liz in look-alike mother and daughter togs with matching hats and gloves. Each year had a color theme. This one's my favorite. Liz pointed to a gold-themed Olin Mills portrait. Everybody in it wore shades of yellow. Even Big Jim wore a light rust-colored western suit. I smelled ham drifting from the kitchen. I'm so blessed to have my own real-life rep butler. She kissed the photo and left a greasy coral lip print on Big Jim's face. She turned a solemn look at me. We will never let the Old South die, will we, Jody? Now I promised y'all an Easter feast you'll never forget and I'm making good on my promise. Liz was the picture of a Southern belle. She was even wearing a hat inside the house and doing her level best to preserve an antebellum style of living. Shall we adjoin to the dining room, y'all? Liz pursed her lips together like she was going to a barbecue at Twelve Oaks. There was something odd about a woman with near-grown children playing at being a coquette, even in the Deep South. Easter bric-a-brac and gee-gaws peered at us, and you could tell they traced back generations. An old ceramic rabbit with freshwater pearl eyes offered up some pastel gumdrops. Pale lavender, pink, green, and blue sugar-coated almonds masqueraded as the miniature eggs. Honeypot, would you help me with the hams? She batted her eyes at Big Jim, but the action seemed lost on him. Grace, on her good behavior, said, Ma, would you look at all this? How special is this, girls? While Big Jim and Liz were out of the room, we scuttled to claim our seats. I scrambled for a chair between Grace and Willie. I sure didn't want to wind up next to Big Jim, who had already set his big crystal whiskey glass at the head of the table. The crockery service had a woven basket motif. A circle of colorful baby chicks decorated the dish holding the hot rolls. Each chicken pulled at the next one's tail fluff with his beak. I didn't want to sit next to Liza or Jim Jr. either. Jim Jr.'s mean fat face bulged at the neck of his crisp suit and he looked absolutely miserable. I smelled vegetables on the table. There was a huge carnival glass server with deviled eggs. She had added canned ham to the mixture. I never cared for meat and deviled eggs. The fresh green beans made me think of Woody's. He'd cook a can of beans all day long, adding the pot liquor from his oven-cooked ham. His macaroni and cheese was seasoned with Lowry's lemon pepper marinade. He put that in everything. The macaroni in the can was so long it seemed like it was one continuing tube of pasta. You wouldn't even think lemon pepper would go with macaroni, but Woody made it work. Big Jim busted through the kitchen door with a huge platter of ham. 
On one side was a large joint that had already been sliced up halfway through. Judging from the thickness of the cuts, they were ready for some Herculean-style eating. The other ham was decorated with pineapple and maraschino cherries, each with a clove in the center. Y'all get ready to put on the feedback, Big Jim announced as he set the meat on the table and pulled his chair underneath his large frame. Liz was fanning herself with a pretend fan and peach-colored frosted nails. My goodness, land sakes, it's warm in that kitchen. I let our girl have the day off for Easter Sunday, it being the Christian way and all. I didn't like her calling Janine girl. It didn't sound right to me, like Liz didn't think Janine was an equal person. Yeah, them niggers get to carrying on at their church meetings. Big Jim let out a big laugh and shook his head at his own joke. He nodded his head side to side like he was enjoying a memory. Liz turned to him. Honey Pumpkin, would you kindly lead us in prayer? She placed her white arm on the tablecloth, her hand outstretched. Big Jim lowered his head and ignored her hand. She went ahead and tried to work her fingers into his as he began offering the grace. Bless us, O Lord, as we prepare to receive thy bounty. Let us eat of Christ's body and drink of his blood. I started to wonder what kind of prayer this was. I'd heard my share of Easter prayers over the years, but this was a strange one. Thank you for allowing us to share our nourishment with those less fortunate, Lord Jesus. Forgive the evil sinners for their wrongs and wrongdoings and keep our table free of evil and evil doing. I looked over at Grace out of the corner of my eye. Her eyes weren't closed and she was staring straight ahead at nothing. Let today be a joyous day even for those who haven't accepted our beloved Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior so they can also enter the blessed gates of your eternal heavenly castle. He pronounced beloved in two syllables and it didn't come off as though he really meant it. Let us have a benevolent heart toward the hook-nosed Jews who killed our precious Christ Jesus, Lord and Savior. In your holy name, amen. All right, y'all, let's dig in. He went to slamming a fork into the large slices of ham like somebody else might beat him to the draw and slapped three slices of the smoked ham onto his own plate. He said the country ham was for girls. When he helped my plate, he said, Jody's getting a big old helping of my smoked. She knows what's good for her, don't you, girl? Yes, sir, I answered him. There was a luscious dish of potatoes, which Liz pronounced au gratin. I think they were supposed to be au gratin potatoes by the looks. She had crumbled up bacon on top of hers. I thought to myself how this family really enjoyed their pork meat. Liz spoke. Grace, honey, you remember those awful meals at college? It was so easy to keep our waistline back then. She started giggling and took a sip of her white wine. Grace seemed a little out of touch, and I'd already noticed Liz serving her some wine. When she knocked it back, there was no more doubt. There it was right in front of me. Grace was drinking again. I could no longer lie to myself about it. I couldn't look at Willie. What were we going to do now? Easter was adding up to be as depressing as Christmas. Big Jim didn't wait to eat any longer and had already helped himself to a large bite of his ham. Pass me that red eye, Liza. Ain't nothing better than a poor man's gravy to sop your rolls up in. 
You didn't make no cornbread? He looked hard at Liz. I wanted to laugh. She wore the smile of a beauty contestant, the kind where they told the girls to put Vaseline on their lips so they always glistened. She just kept on smiling. He picked up a large serving spoon to begin helping his plate. It was a forever new looking piece of flatware that always maintained its blue silver sheen. Granny spoons all had big holes in the middle from years of stirring gravies and the like. Liz addressed nobody in particular. That ham's not too salty, is it, y'all? We always make sure to finish the brining real good before smoking. That's what gives it a good, rich character. Grace finally spoke. Oh, no, it's not too salty at all. Her plate remained untouched. Featured front and center was Liz's famous corn salad. She told me to pass my plate. Now, Jody, you Luther's being from Texas and all inspired me to add a Mexican flair to my special corn salad. It's got jalapeno peppers and avocados. Save them a big helping, y'all. I will say it had a good flavor, and the grilled corn was tasty, although I'd never heard of anybody putting avocados in corn salad before. Once somebody from school had gone up to New York City for vacation, they ordered chicken fried steak, and it turned out to be a bunch of cooked chicken refried in a batter with some brown gravy. I figured Liz had probably misinterpreted her corn salad, much like the northern people misfired on a chicken fried. Liza blurted out, I heard Jody's been running around with that Negro boy again. She said the word with a venom. She stared right at me while she chewed her ham, a nasty gleam in her eyes. Liz said, Oh, no. Now, that won't do. I thought Big Jim's head was going to explode. I couldn't even look up at him and just stared at my plate. There will be none of that under my roof. I just stared. I had no idea what to say. I just wanted this meal to be over, but Big Jim wasn't going to let it go. Look at me. I don't want none of that under my roof. I had to look up and into the terrifying face of pure hate. But Big Jim wasn't going to let it go. Look at me. I said I don't want none of that under my roof. Look at me. I said I don't want none of that under my roof. I had to look up and into the terrifying face of pure hate. He was more frightening than anything I'd ever seen in any movie. Even more than Lon Chaney as the drunk, gator-hating Cajun in the alligator people. He wore a hook on his arm where his hand had been bitten off by an alligator in the Louisiana swamps. And he had a lot more than Big Jim to be mad about. Big Jim was holding his forever new fork at me and I felt violence fill up the room. Even Liz didn't speak. Her smile pasted across her face like a shield. Do you know what they do to white girls who mess with niggers? When I didn't answer right away, he yelled, Well, do ya? Jim Jr. was relishing the conflict and said, You're going to get raped. Big Jim kept on, White girl that messes with the nigger boy ain't no better than a nigger gal. You hear me? I'd seen and heard all kinds of talk regarding color. The Luthers had a strong and countryfied approach to the matter. Coots had a string of tar paper shacks at the edge of town where the white people never went unless they had washing or seamstress work they didn't feel like doing themselves. Beaumont thought it was enlightened and you wouldn't hear the word nigger so much in polite circles. 
but the feelings were still there. They still got their point across, but using a different language. Jim Jr. cut in again. You're going to get a meeting after you. He stood his knife on end in his hand, the knuckles nearly white. You could see where a couple of mature hairs had sprouted on the back of a finger. The sheriff's department and chief of police goes to daddy's meetings, too. He lifted his black eyebrows at me in a threat. I finally looked over at Willie, who was trying to concentrate on a deviled egg. Then finally, out of the blue, Grace said, Jim, while I appreciate all you and Liz have done for us, I will raise my own children as I see fit. Her voice was surprisingly measured, even with the wine. Big Jim actually backed down, and I couldn't believe it. Sometimes Grace came through after all. There were two pies and an Easter bunny cake with a yellow coconut jacket and a big two-toothed smile made out of butter dinner mints. Liz tried to save the party by pulling the big cake toward her. Look at what we've got here. The Easter bunny has come to pay us a visit. She took a rose gold cake knife and started for the rabbit. Now who's got a sweet tooth? She looked around the table at our faces, and when she got to Big Jim, there was a desperate plea in her eyes like she was begging him. I couldn't believe Big Jim had backed down, but he had to get in one more word. Ain't nothing cuter than a little nigger baby. Too bad they have to grow up. I don't even remember eating the dessert. They had a big afternoon planned, and we all rolled out to the backyard for the Easter egg hunt. Willie was the only one who could lay legal claim to this tradition, and even she felt like she was too old. I stayed up past 2 a.m. in the morning dying these eggs, turned my thumbs blue. Liz's pupils were big from sugar and the contents of her wine glass. Honey pie, can you all get me a piece of ice for my beverage? She posed her question to Big Jim, but he had planted himself on the glider. I went back in the house for the ice myself. Now, whoever gets the most eggs wins the prize. Liza rolled her eyes and glared at Liz. I'd already gathered there was no love lost on her part towards her mother. Jim Jr. flopped down on the glider by his father. Liza sat on his other side with Big Jim's arm resting on her lap. Liz stood over by Grace, whispering and giggling. She stood really close and was almost fondling Grace. They both seemed to have caught the party mood. I'm holding a May tea for the hearts of camellia ladies, Liz said louder than need be, and you couldn't tell who she was talking to. Big Jim just continued to drink his highball, which he had refreshed to the top of his glass. He appeared to be feeling no pain, and the whiskey seemed to be fueling a foul mood. Liz went on, outdoorsy in the portico, Alice in Wonderland style. Willie came running out of the birch trees. The sash from her dress had come untied and was dragging behind her. I got 14 eggs. Do I win? Oh, Lord, I thought. Win what? I didn't think I wanted to know. Liz looked like a couture hen sitting in a hen house. You sure are, honey. You are the big winner today. Big Jim laced his big frame back on the glider. Enough of this kid stuff. Time for some cornholing. Jim Jr., get the bags. Willie set down her egg basket. What's cornholing? I didn't want to know. 
Big Jim barked out something, but it came out like a drunken grunt. He went off inside the garage, and when he came out, he was dragging out two bored-looking things behind him. They were huge, and each had a round hole cut into them near the elevated end. They were real old, but you could still clearly see the design of a Confederate flag. The emblems peeling paint lent a sense of alarm. This didn't seem like a fun game. Jim Jr. passed around these bean bags to each of us. They had faces painted on them like buckwheat from the Little Rascals. Jody, you come on over here. I'm going to make a little old rebel gal out of you yet. He tried to wrap his arm around my shoulders, but I managed to slither from his grasp. The smell of reconstituted whiskey and man sweat hung heavy in the humidity. It made me feel sick. Grace didn't even seem to notice. After her one big moment at the dining table, she was back to drinking wine with Liz. They were ganged up together on the glider and giggling. It caused my heart to sink low. I didn't understand about Easter celebrations. It was supposed to be about Jesus and the resurrection, but truth be told, I got all of the raising of the dead parts of the Bible confused. It all seemed to run together. I had been to so many churches and everybody had a different take on things. Easter and Christmas both had sad memories for me. Big Jim took it on himself to teach me how to cornhole. It was one game I could have done without learning. Liza wouldn't play and sulked on the glider with Liz and Grace. Jim Jr. and Willie were on a team, forcing me to pair up with Big Jim. I didn't want to be on his team, but thought it was better than him getting too close to Willie. I would never forget him looking at her that night through the window as she got ready for her bath. The idea was to toss the bag into the opposing box and count the points. Despite all my wriggling, Big Jim managed to wrap himself around me from behind as he took my swinging arm in his hand. On top of that, I could feel his breath in my ear as he started to sing a bread song. Big Jim never seemed to be able to get the words right, so he didn't have a problem making up his own lyrics as he sang along. I'm going to make it with you, he sang in my ear. I really know that you and me's going to make it, girl. We're going to make it in the morning, he went on. I wanted to be sick. I tried to throw the bag on my own, but Big Jim wasn't having it. He kept his hand on mine to control my every move. Finally, it was the other side's turn, and I was able to break free. Willie was a natural at the game. She landed every one of her bags in the hole on each try. I was thankful because I couldn't wait for it to be over. Jim Jr. was a sore loser, to no one's surprise. When he missed all four of his throws, he went off on a scary tangent and kicked the board over. Big Jim just laughed and drank more out of his highball. He slapped me on my behind and grabbed a hold of me. See now? You stick with Big Jim now. Yee Dixie, he hollered, and before I could stop him, he laid his hot, wet mouth on my neck. I broke free at that point and ran off into the little house. I could hear Big Jim laughing like a lunatic after me. It went on for a long time. I laid down on my bed and cried. I don't cry much, but that Easter I cried like a baby. I let myself try and get it all out, but the tears just kept on coming and coming. I had been through a lot of things in my life, but I couldn't remember a lower moment than this afternoon. 
I woke up later and it was dark. Willie was asleep and I was lying there hot and still had my dress and shoes on. Grace was passed out on the couch. I looked around at that house and I made myself a promise right then that I would never celebrate Easter again.